Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 163. Our guest tonight, Ben Bernhardt. Top Hill Recording Podcast. Thank y'all so much for having me. Dude. Honestly, it's an honor to be here. No, no doubt when uh, when you got here and Dusty answered the door, were you surprised? <laughs> I was very surprised. He was the last person I expected to be here, but I should have known, honestly. Yeah, man. So uh, I, I, I thought about that because you guys were like, hey, 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 Dusty. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty pretty awesome. So uh, We met Portal. It was in last summer. I think yeah. right when you played with Kevin. Yeah, I was playing cool. some rhythm guitar for Kevin Niehoff, another local artist. Right on. Which I didn't put that together <laughs> until, you know, 20 minutes ago. Oh, yeah. Worked out. Yeah. All right, man. So check it out. We're finishing off the old old foes uh, going down. Already gone down tonight. And it tastes amazing. Yeah, it's great. We're doing something we uh, don't normally do on the rocks. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers man. Cheers. Cheers. Man. Thank you.
Mm. I love that lineup. I want it. Well, first of all, what's that, what's that song called? Fire? Yeah, it's or, the name of the song is called, it's a Fine Line. Fine Line. Mm-hmm. Cool. I really like the, um, I want to be a good man, but I don't know what that means. It seems like a, is that what that line was? It is. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Like a young, troubled adolescent or whatever, like mm-hmm. just young man, like not really figured out all those things. Yeah, that's that hits home with me. Yeah, no, I was raised very religious and I still am religious. Mm. Um, and trying to navigate like where you fit in like the world while being raised a certain way is it's an interesting process. So that song kind of explores that in a lot of ways. Right on. Well, and, and you you speak to that a lot in your uh, in your song. All songs really have some flavor of religion or, or you know uh, talking to God or something. In the first few that I listened to anyway, I thought, you know, it it makes sense now that you say that because I didn't know. Mm -hmm. But speaking of, let's let's go back, man. Um, We always like to ask when, uh, you know, how how did you come to music and when did you know it was going to be a super important thing in your life? Yeah, so I, the first song I ever remember like hearing and like it registering in my head was uh, Caroline in my by James Taylor, which is still one of my favorite songs even now. Nice. Um, and I was just always attracted to like the singer-songwriter type of music. Now my parents were like kind of newly religious, like when I was a kid. Or they weren't newly religious, but they were newly mm-hmm. Catholic. I was born and raised, not born, but I was raised Catholic. And so I don't think they knew exactly what to expose us to growing up. So it took me a little while to kind of get the full scope of kind of what was out there. So I kind of started out like really just enjoying any singer-songwriter I could I could listen to and I was I was always like I wanted to do that and then I wanted to be in a band for a little while but then I was and then I did it for like a, a short amount of time and it really wasn't for me so I just huh. kind of stuck to like the singer songwriter type of thing but it was just always like something I wanted to do huh. when I saw someone on TV that was playing guitar like the classic scenario was like the Marty McFly like mm-hmm. watching back to the future and seeing that and wanting to be him <laughs> yeah uh, very influential moment in cinema history right yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah dude. But yeah, I just always put myself in those shoes whenever I saw it. So I just knew it was something I wanted to do. Always guitar? Oh, yeah, for sure. There was a little, uh, there was a stand I wanted to play drums. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it was mostly guitar. Nice, man. So um, James Taylor kind of was the first thing that caught you here. And I'm assuming that was when you were young, young, young. I was very young, yeah. So, so when, uh, what were you listening to as you kind of got a little bit older? And, and when did you start playing guitar? Yeah, it's funny. So, like, probably right after that, uh, I listened to, like, so much, like, Christian radio, which, like, as you guys probably know, is either really good or it's, like, really bad. So, it's, like, (laughs) there's not a lot in between, but I started listening to, I just started getting really into, like, rock, like, kind of punk rock, and there were a couple of Christian, like, rock bands that I liked that are, I, I, to be honest with you, like, to be fully transparent, I still, like, love their music. It's, like, Reliant K and this other band called Hawk Nelson. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but, uh, yeah, and then kind of as I, like, got older, I started getting into more, like, I guess you could say, like, uh, secular music, which, like, for me, came on the radio. So mm-hmm. I I was, like, I pro- probably when I hit 13 or 14, I just went straight into, like, pop radio, which is an interesting place to kind of, like, break that wall between you and music. Uh, it it, it, it that, was, like, 2012 pop radio. It was a interesting time to, like, get into that. It makes sense, though, because of the, the, the way that most... Uh, Christian pop rock is it kind of leans towards you know pop mm-hmm. radio. I grew up listening to you know DC Talk and Turn mm-hmm. Three and yeah. 
uh, you know, Stephen Curtis Chapman is a guitar player, singer, songwriter, and uh, a ton of people like that because I grew up in church too. So that was definitely um, one of the things. I, I like pop music still to this day. You know, I, I love all music. So, I mean, but I could write a freaking pop hook just because they're so fun. Yeah. They're easy, they're fun, and uh, they're they're catchy for a reason, you know. Um, but it makes sense to me that, that that you leaned into pop music even in 2012. What was what was going on in 2012? Like in my life or in, uh, in, in, in music, music? In music. Oh my god. Uh, let me think. So I just remember this is super off the wall and random, but I just remember like listening to Jason Derulo and just like relating to him so much, which is so odd. But I was just like, yeah, like I like what he's doing. That's kind of like when Ed Sheeran was starting to like get big. So it's kind of like all these solo acts that I was like, I could kind of put myself in their shoes like a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I remember listening to Ed Sheeran and actually John Mayer about the same time. Okay. And like really hooking onto both of them. And that's really what like kind of crystallized everything for me. I was like, I want to be like them. Like I want to be like one of these like rare singer songwriters that kind of live in this like pop like genre. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? That is a very, very fun place to land for mm -hmm. sure yeah you know especially if you can if you can do it right yeah that's um that's i like that you brought up Darillo. i when i i found it that he's one of those people that has a song uh was it want you to want me and it's like the same yeah. same title as like already a very you know famous cheap trick song and i was like all right i gotta hear what this is because i was I think i was just looking at like the pop charts one time or whatever and came stumbled across him just on a random spotify playlist or whatever but uh he's great he's yeah. awesome man killer voice that really shows the the like range of music that i listened to at that time i was like going all over the place so well <laughs> he sucks at that game that jimmy uh fallon hosts <laughs> oh man he's terrible him and uh uh what is, is that it? the lip sync battle or something different? something when, like that when it's they some... do like sing sing uh Britney Spears song in the style of Frank yes. Sinatra kind of song. I love yes. it. Yeah, that's crazy too. But I'm he did pretty good. sure most of that's pre-rehearsed. He and stuff. did good at that part, but like some of the other stuff where you had to know the song, <laughs> yeah, he was he was all right. Yeah, yeah. But no, I'm being a hater. It was great. <laughs> yeah, dude. So uh, how old were you when you started playing guitar? Yeah, so I started playing uh, when I was. I think it was like right when I turned 13. I kind of did it because all of my siblings had taken music lessons. And I think one of them took to it. My older brother took to it. And the other ones didn't at all. And by the time it got to me, so I was the youngest of four at the time. Now I have a little brother, but at the time I was the youngest Jeez. of four. And I think my parents were just like, yeah, we, we like don't, they didn't work for them. So it might not really work for you. So it was like, it was a great opportunity for me to be like, to make something my own. Because mm -hmm. it wasn't like forced on me by like, parent you know what right. i mean uh -huh. so it was the perfect like time for me to like find something and just make, like, make it my own so i just started i went to like a couple guitar lessons but then the guitar teacher like stopped showing up uh. so that's always a great thing and then uh i just started learning on youtube which is way more fun anyways because you can just learn what you want to learn anything learn yeah. fast <laughs> Every, everything's there you can slow down the videos yeah it's, it's a great youtube's crazy it's good it is crazy dude the access to the access to be able to teach yourself something well not teach yourself just sit and learn if you can take information in like that, mm -hmm. you can learn at your own pace. It's crazy. Yeah, man. That's crazy. Um, how many brothers and sisters do you have? Yeah, so I have two sisters and one. I have one older brother and one younger brother. Okay, so there's five of you. Yeah. Whew. Dude, I got two kids. 
that are still at home. I got three total. Two that are still at home. We just went on vacation, uh, you know, halfway across the country in an RV. Griswold style. I, yeah, could you imagine seven of you rolling deep, dude? <laughs> That'd be a big seven deep. <laughs> oh, that's you oh, oh. Your, your parents were saints. Yeah. Your parents. That's patience, man. Yes. No, absolutely. It was it was definitely pretty hard on them, but yeah, God bless them. That's crazy. Man, can I make, I, I'm sorry. I just, I'm stuck on five kids right now. <laughs> five kids. My mom homeschooled all of us pretty much. Another what amazing wow. feat, yeah! Wow, she loved you all <laughs> <laughs> every minute of the day. Wow, every yeah, that's, that's, minute that's commitment. of wow. the day. Wow, oh my gosh, What's your mom's name Becky. Cheers, Becky. Cheers, Saint, 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 Saint Becky. Saint Becky. <laughs> Burn up. Here's Burn to you. Cheers, man. So, uh, when did you start writing? Yeah, so it was kind of always what I wanted to do. I think I wrote my first like really bad song that i recorded and i still have like i have the first song i ever recorded i'm never gonna show it to anybody it's <laughs> it's like tragically bad but uh yeah i wrote it when i was i think 16 it starts jason derulo <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was a thing you know hey man you know it's a genius uh genius plug mm -hmm. for yourself yeah i wrote my first song when i was 16 it was about my then girlfriend and it was like I think I hit I got all of the cliches out of the way, so moving forward I didn't have to hit anymore because I hit them all in that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right on. Oh, man. oh, dude, songwriting. So how often do you write? Yeah, so I go through kind of stints. I'm like I'm, I live I just moved out of my parents' house and I live alone. So I, now I'm writing like every day because right. it's kind of like something I can do. I always do when I'm by myself, pretty much. It's always when like an idea comes or I feel like comfortable when no one can like kind of hear the ideas that yeah. come out. You know what I mean? Uh, but I would say like prior to me living alone, uh, I would just write whenever it was like really quiet. I knew no one could hear me. It was probably like every time that situation happened is what I would do. Hmm. And do you, do you write with intent? Do you like, do you make it a point now that you do have the space to sit down and write? Or is it something that, you know, because you have so much quiet around you, you can stop and, and go, Oh, I just had this line. I'm going to follow this real quick. Yeah, so I, I do, I'm constantly kind of like writing down ideas I think are good, but then they only rarely make it into the songs that I'm writing. A lot of it's like very spur of the moment, but I'm actually reading a book right now called, um, I believe it's called The Act of Creativity. It's by Rick Rubin. Oh yeah, I've, like, been, listening, just came out. I've been listening to it on tape. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Man. Uh, but I was kind of doing kind of like what he recommended, which was having like an hour or a set period of time where you can just like let your mind like do what it wants to do. You can't judge it. You just gotta, it's like a very creative time, no judgment, which yeah. is something I struggled with. Yeah. So it's something I was like, so I kind of have to like compartmentalize these times. So I, I would say probably for like 45 minutes a day, it's just creative. Just get it, just like throwing at the wall and seeing what sticks. You know what huh. I mean? I love that. I want to read that book. It's Dude, cool. That was awesome. Have you, have you finished, finished it or where I'm about you? halfway through. Yeah, I think that's about where I am too. And I brought this up at the uh, at the, the the group at the monarch the other day with the thing he he mentioned the part uh, of John Lennon talking about always see it through it's better to have like a because that's it's better to have a, a full rough opposed to like a polished portion whatnot which that's you know we I think we have that in common too which I believe I know a lot of songwriters do just like finishing it 
you know, like you get it's you can come up with the the hook or maybe first verse or whatnot, but actually like getting it all laid out, like that's right. yeah. I have a question for you. What's like a finish? What would you say is like a finish? Like before you can move on, because a lot of times for me, I'll have a verse and a chorus, and that takes all my energy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I can just like write another verse later if right. it's a good yeah. idea, and I want to go back to it. What yeah. do you think about that? Or you think you should just do it all the way through? Man, kind of depends. I yeah, guess. it would depend on the song, <laughs> but I would say at least get you know figure out the the overall you know structure all the way through whether there's going to be like you know verse chorus verse chorus bridge or solo or you know another verse whatever but like um typically with me it's like yeah like getting the the overall chord progression and structure until the end and then kind of chip away from there but Mm. that's when i actually finish them you know there's a million or it's like same, it's like I got a verse, got a chorus, I'm just gonna repeat the chorus. So I got, you know, that part done. So we just gotta figure out a verse and then so yeah. It can be tricky. Yeah, I think I think my favorite thing though that, that I picked up from that book is the idea that like you don't have to learn everything. Everyone kind of has because we were listening to music all the time. Mm-hmm. So we have like a subconscious like meter for if something's good or not. So instead of kind of fin- like following all of these rules, it's kind of or like trying to learn all these rules, just kind of trusting like your gut, because you've listened to the Beatles a billion times, so you know what it's you know what it sounds like when something right is like well written, and that's what's interesting about like listeners who are who have never even listened to music before. They can be like, oh, I don't know like what's good and what's not good. They do, they just don't really know it. You know yeah. what I mean? So I I love to trust that now. It's like just trust your gut. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. And so Neil and. Our friend Lee and Spencer on like a group message on Instagram. We send things all the time. But Lee sent one the other day. He was one of the guys in the Eagles that lived above Jackson uh, Brown. Have you Lynn, seen that? Lynn Fry lived below yeah. Jackson did you, Brown. Did you see that clip? Or, yeah. And so, yeah, basically, like he said, he would hear his te- T- Jackson Brown's yeah. teapot go off. He'd play the piano for 20 minutes or so and he'd hear him work out a verse. He'd take a break and then he would kind of hear teapot go off again but he would like hammer out a song until it was almost like completely done and see it through and he was like i learned how to write songs that way it's kind of what you're talking about i think i don't consider myself much of a songwriter but i get stuck too with verse chorus and like just hang it up and like never come back to it yeah but that whole seeing it through the structure thing is interesting to like and and that's when he there was some way he followed that with saying like how uh one of one of his struggles with with writing was he wasn't always inspired and this that and the other and so when he was living below jackson he was like okay this isn't just going to take inspiration it's going to take elbow grease yeah like yeah just, he said just that just getting in and yeah. doing it and <clears throat> so true yeah which is part of the you know reason that that you want other people to kind of to uh, kind of force your hand you know make you make you get over the finish line on stuff like that because um accountability in songwriting and and in music in general um is very nice yeah it's very nice especially like you know i'm i've been doing this for a minute you've been doing this for a minute brent's been writing forever we've all been in it and you know in the last few years we've all well i know brent and i started uh a songwriting group where we started doing that collaboration a little bit for the first time ever. And then we've just started this mm-hmm. thing and, and to, to, to have a deadline and to have a, Hey, here is this idea that is completely not 
thought out or hammered out, but I like where it's going. There's something there. Here's an idea for a course in a verse, or here's an idea for, you know, what do you all think? Uh, you know, you can kind of leave that in the room, and then it forces that next time, because that's what we're kind of doing with mm -hmm. this thing right now. We're making ourselves force each other to to think about what you're doing so you, you do finish it. Mm -hmm. You do have to be cognizant that, that you know, you're doing it for a reason, and you're, you, there's a purpose to why you have that idea and why it's snuck inside yeah. your head and those things. Uh, you know, you got to grab them when you can, but when when you can't, you can't let them completely slip away. And I think we all uh, too often do that. I know I've I've done that for years. I, we've all probably have fifty songs that are done that just you're like your first one. I, that'll never, you know, nobody ever hear that. Neil has like 500. He says uh, 50. It's like five seen his like notebooks. Well, but still, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? It's just, you get to a point where you go, these are all trash and you can trash yourself regardless. Even if you have a good first idea or a hook or this or that, but finding that point where you, you force, you force yourself to be uncomfortable and get it out there and, and get those things in front of people that, uh, you think, will help you and, and respect you and, and you respect and uh, friends, different musicians. It's, there's something to it uh, sparking that idea too. I think it makes that, I think it makes the idea better in the long run. And I'm just learning that Brent knows that. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to get a sip. Here. <laughs> <Marched>. <laughs> I don't know, man. You want to play us another song? Let's do it. All right. What are you going to play us? This one's called Wandering Heart. I think this is the first song that I wrote that I thought was good. And I <laughs> just changed like five words yesterday that like really made it click. Ooh. Cool. It was a really cool moment. Ooh. Uh, yeah, That's awesome. I was a child. And I learned your name And I fell in love And it never was the same I spent those years Trying to believe I found my truth And it's all that I'll ever need But now I need you To guide when I'm lost on a road I don't know Love help me choose Fire from illusions of smoke Worshipping you But losing my way in the dark Love I need you To guide my wandering heart I turn my back over again But I can't find the feeling of innocence Cause I can't fall more than I already have Cause I'm a sinner and I'll always carry this mask But now I need you To guide when I'm lost on a road I don't know Love help me choose Fire from illusions of smoke 
I'm worshiping you, but losing my way in the dark. Love, I need you to guide my wandering heart. Now I need you to guide when I'm lost on a road. I don't know. Love, help me choose fire from illusions of smoke. I'm worshiping you, but losing my way in the dark. Love, I need you to guide my wandering heart. Lord, I need you to guide my wandering heart. special damn moment that just happened. Thank you guys. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, man. Dude, that was a, was a heavy song. Yeah. And I've listened, that was the one I was listening to, or one of the couple that I listened to where I went, there's definitely a Christian or, or religious background in, in Ben. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you guys. That That song initially, like, when I wrote it, I was in the place where I was like, I had just broken up with somebody and I was like thinking about how old were you? Sorry. I, I think at this point I was, I, I can't remember if I was 19 or I was 20. I think I was 20. Um, and I was like kind of thinking about like my relationship with God. It is a religious song. I don't want to like shy away from that at all. It was like my relationship with God and how you can let other things kind of like take that place or whether you're religious or not, like kind of just thinking about like, what it is that's actually ruling your life. And so it's interesting in that chorus, I say, love, I need you to guide my wandering heart initially was Lord, but I was kind of thinking about it yesterday and I was actually talking about it with Drew. I was like, this song is all about kind of like figuring out what is ruling your life. So kind of me saying Lord is like kind of forcing that when really it's like, it's kind of asking that question every time, like I'm singing it. So it's kind of like a good reminder. You know what I mean? Huh. Yeah, it's a killer tune. Man. Yeah, very cool. Um, line that stood out with me was uh, always, or, or I'm, I'm a sinner, but I'll always carry this mask. Or what? Yeah. What is? No, that's exactly it. Yeah. Will you talk mm -hmm. about that? Like what? As far as what the mask was and what? Yeah. Yeah. Just... So I would say. Um, kind of that mask being like what is that thing that's like so you have your authentic self and mm -hmm. that's obviously not what the mask is the mask more so is that thing that's kind of like replacing like what you actually what your heart's actually like reaching out for so for me and kind of why I brought up that the girl earlier was like for a while she was kind of like that thing that I kind of like put over everything else mm. and that in a way was like my mask and not really something that I actually wanted to pursue um and yeah, kind of like sin, just representing like straying away from the path that I actually want to be on. Uh, not necessarily like being with her was a sin, but it's just like that like human nature per se to like go off of the path that like is actually better for me, I guess. Cool. Huh. Awesome. Huh. Yeah. 
even deeper than you think it is. Yeah, <laughs> legit. Man. What'd you think about? Well, the, well, no, I just I wasn't sure. But I, you know, I just as far as you know, um, it can mean a lot of things. Right. Yeah. yeah for sure. So then for that's sure. yeah. I'm just wondering where what was happening in your life at that time. You know, or at that time in your life. So when you know you, the the first song was kind of about. Really, I mean, kind of about exploring playing music out live and and doing the gr- the grind. I wrote the grind. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a, it's about the grind and and really getting uh, to do that and kind of even in mentioning that um, the life, uh, you know, that l- type of life or that you know. So, is there a as you play and you're playing these shows and you're in bars and you're in places where alcohol is served and uh, does that conflict with your upbringing i mean does is there a guilt level or or because you mentioned sin being a sinner and doing something that your heart desires and and it just if is that part of it do you feel like playing music and, and and being able to get out in those environments and express yourself is is a struggle for you in some way do you feel it goes That's against a really good something? question. I would say it definitely has. It's been like a recalibration of kind of like where I want to land. So like I really feel like for all people that have religion play a role in their life, there's a certain way that you fit into the world without really letting it kind of like drive you a little crazy, I guess. But for me, it was kind of just figuring out where that was. I started out from a place where I had such a strong desire to. I actually wrote that first song before I'd ever played really in front of people at all. Um, and it was just like about that desire to go do that. And I was like, should I do that? Should I even want to do that? Is that something that's like inherently like selfish and showboaty or like whatever it is? Um, so it was really kind of overall my relationship with playing out and being around people that have all all walks of life, like alcohol served, whatever. There's a lot of stuff going on. I've kind of like to a certain extent, like become very comfortable in that environment. And it's a place that, you know, I have a lot of fun, and it's not bad for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it, it's just learning. Hey, man, know? he's he said Catholic. They drink <laughs> all oh, yeah, the man, time. For sure. uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they also have guilt right. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, Does anyone not have guilt? Like, come <laughs> Amen. Uh, serial no, killers just, and psych- psych- psychopaths. Real question. Psychopaths, though. Sociopaths, though. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but no, man, you know, it's just... Um, I think I think it just is is very present in in that crossover sometimes of, of trying to I don't know I guess life is all about defining who you are in the redefinition of what your upbringing was and your your thoughts and, and the things that you were you know brought up with and then once you get a little bit older you got to you know kind of redefine that into what it means to you or if it just it means exactly what it did then so you know maybe part of that initial getting the foot out makes it feel like that and and is you know shows in what you're you were writing at the time Mm -hmm. do you still uh has like your last song that you wrote is it more like that, or is it evolved into are you evolving into a different type of songwriter yeah so i would say those are the the first Probably in the first batch of a hundred songs that I wrote, where those those two songs came from that, um, and it's definitely evolved more into a. 
I'm having a lot of fun with it now. I think initially I just had to get a lot out of my system. Yeah. And I just want, I do want to say like, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky to be raised the way I was raised and whatnot. Cool. I just think no matter how, no matter who raises you or how well they do, I just think there's like a point where you have to enter the world and kind of like figure out your place. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Of like no matter who you are. So it's like, for me, like those songs were written at a time that I was like a junior in college, sophomore in college, like really trying to figure out where I fit. Cause again, I'm this, I'm like, I'm who I am. I went to Western Kentucky university, which has a very diverse group of people with different morals, different beliefs, like whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to like a Catholic school, which would yeah. have been very comfortable for me, but that's not what I did. And so it was really, it was just a period of like figuring out like where I fit into all of it. Yeah. It was great. It was really great. But as you can kind of see in here in the songs, it's like, it was a very conflicting like time. You know what I mean? Dude, I love, I love, uh, I love songwriting in that that time frame in life. You know, I wish I wish that every everybody uh, in that age took time to write stuff down because yeah. it's such a, a an interesting period in the mind of, of people in yeah. general. You know, because you really are kind of, especially junior, sophomore, junior, senior, you're you're, you're making life decisions and figuring out who you are, where you're getting ready to be. Because you know, at that point. Mom, Dad, love you, but you know, uh, it, it's time for you to get a job and grow up and do the things you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, there's time limits. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, I, I love that. That's a that's a crazy period in life. Yeah, I think no, you know, legit. Yeah, my, my brother's a hilltopper. There you go. Yeah, my so, dad was a hilltopper. What year? Word, mm -hmm. What year was your brother? He would have graduated in. Is he older or younger? Than older than okay. me, and I'm. Good amount older than you. See, I think he graduated in two thousand and six. Maybe seven. Back in the Outside day, time, back in my, the day. my dad was in like nineteen seventy something. <laughs> but he did it. Good job, Dad. Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So uh, uh, I've got to go to the back of the book. Because um, to the bullpen. <laughs> here we go. The three questions that Brad demands. <laughs> Aha, this is called <laughs> Brad's Still Here. The questions for Brad. All right. All right, Ben. Uh, number one, what is something non musical about yourself that, that uh, people would like to know? Yeah, I would say I was kind of thinking about this a lot and I didn't really know what to say, but I was like, there's a common theme in my life that I like gravitate towards competitive things. I don't let it like get out of hand, but I just really enjoy like kicking people's like ass. Basketball. And that's <laughs> sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> uh, I mean, it could be anything from like playing basketball to a video game or my little brother's been really into chess lately. So I like try to beat him. And I was doing really great until recently when you figure out like how to open or something. I'm like, apparently that's what real chess players do. But anyways, oh, no. uh, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm just super competitive. Yeah. Like right. when I'm in it, I can kind of like put it away. But like, I really enjoy that like scenario. Victory is a fun time. Yeah. You win yeah. something, whether it's trivia. But sometimes I feel bad. Like if I win. <laughs> <laughs> Not if right. money's involved, man. Like NCAA bracket. Yeah, yeah. Be competitive. Oh, yeah. All right. Tell us uh, about a nightmare gig. Or something embarrassing that happened to you on stage? So many. <laughs> uh, no, it really, I've been pretty lucky for the most part. I would say, so I wanted to do a cover of um, Ed Sheeran's Wayfaring Stranger, which is not his song, obviously. But 
he does a version of it where he kind of like loops up his voice. So I use a loop pedal sometimes. And I was playing at this biker bar in uh, <laughs> uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. I guess you guys might know Spillway. Have you heard of Spillway uh, before? Never went there. Maybe a long time ago. Right. I've been there for a long time. Yeah. Brother yeah. I think Chris, Chris Stapleton played there when he was not Chris Stapleton. Oh, wow. It's wild. But anyways, yeah, I played there. And I think the only I'm the only person that's ever played anything but country music there. So is it is it? I think everything went really well except for this song. It's not even that. I think it would if I had done it well, it would have been fine. But it was just like when you start looping a song you can, and it doesn't go well, you can either stop it or try to like go all the way through. And I decided to go all the way through. And I think the timing was a little bit off. It was a little bit too fast, or it was a little bit too slow. I can't really remember, but it was it was terrible. And by the end of it, the guy I was splitting the time with came up and he was like. Yeah, like I really think what you do on the loop pedal is cool, but like, please don't do that again. Oh. <laughs> and I knew it. I knew that was coming. I just... oh. At least he asked nicely. At least he said please. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and he said it laughing, so it was right. Like, he knew yeah. that I knew. Yeah, yeah. Oh. All right. So uh, last, last local artist or local band that you listen to? Yeah, I'll give I'll give you two. Uh, I yesterday. Yesterday I was uh, talking with Drew Crawley and I was listening to some of his music and he has a song called When the Sun Comes Out that I really love. Um, I think everyone should go listen to that. I think the production is really great on it. The songwriting is really great. Top tier. Um, and Kevin Niehoff released a song called Why Can't I Get Over You Last Friday that's been stuck in my head on and off all week and I think it's really great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those two. Right on. In the songwriting group. Yeah. Hey. Both of them. Bam. <laughs> we got two of them. Two, two, two. That's awesome. Yeah, I, kept, I have, I haven't, uh, I list, I can't remember the name of the song. I listened to one of Drew's the other day, but I, I just was checking out Kevin's. He, he's put out two in like the last five weeks. Slow down, yeah. man. They're both recording with the same, uh, I don't know if they're fully recording, but they have the same, they're collaborating with a guy named Lorenzo out of Nashville, yeah. who's really phenomenal as well. Cool. I love him in the, uh, Ice Cube song. Lorenzo. <laughs> Sitting on Benzo. Um, I gotta I gotta say a funny story real quick about because you mentioned Looper and this go was kind it. of a, a nightmare situation uh, on the stage. Well it was, so wasn't wrong. on the stage. It can go was, so wrong. This was in the corner of uh place on Four Street, um Guy Fieri's smokehouse. And I used to do gigs and saw, you know, typical bar gig and whatnot. They had like a good happy hour, a lot of time. Great food, but before the state fair, Sheila E., who do you know that she was Prince's, oh, Prince's yeah. drummer, female Sheila drummer, like uh, yeah, yeah. crazy, awesome. crazy, great musician. And she was in there because she was playing the state fair and one of the servers walked up and was like, you know any Sheila E. songs? And I was like, no, why? And he's like, she's here. And I was like, I know some Prince. So I usually play Kiss and I loop like the rhythm and whatnot. And I was like, so pumped because I play all the time. I was like, pumped to like kill it. I completely messed up the uh, rhythm and just like ah uh, uh, like no <laughs> out of uh, all out of all gigs like the whole thing anyway, I stopped the loop like a little too early or late or something got taught, thrown off and uh, it sticks with you it does it, it kind of keeps you up sometimes yeah. yeah I feel like with the loop there's a potential because there's so much setup and when you're nervous when there's a lot of setup for like looping something there's right. just so many opportunities for you to like miss. You gotta like, be laser focused right. in that moment. Oh, it's right. like, no, you gotta no, nerves of steel. It's yeah. hard, man. Yeah. I've tried a little bit and I'm like, man, this is a lot harder than I thought it would be. Which one do you use? What pedal do you use? The Boss RC30. That's what I use. Oh, okay. The you what? probably use the RC. I would assume the RC30. RC1. One channel. 
No, I use the one that has two channels. I got one. You, might, you may have a newer one. What is the What does the physical pedal look like? Is it a it's knob? Red. There's or is it a a pedal like a pedal? Oh wait, does yours have? Knob. Oh, the RC one or two, two inputs on each side, so you can do, but it's, it loops the same thing on the input. You can't like do different ones. Oh, okay, yeah. Mine has like two physical pedals. It's okay, like, it's older. Mine is older, so that you might have like a newer model. They've had like they had one version, which is the one I have, and then they've had two versions since then. So you might have one of the other ones. Gotcha. So I have the Boss RC one with the little grippy thing on it, so when you uh, throw it, it goes farther. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that thing. <laughs> I hate that thing, man. I love that. I hate that thing. It's got seams on it. Like uh, I hate that thing. That's hilarious. Through the through my shoulder off my body, getting that thing away from me before. Oh. All right, man. You want to play us another one? Yeah. All right. I didn't want to try again after the hell she put me through. My life is. To my dance in a burning room I've been needing different chemicals Than the ones inside my head All it took was a look from you And my heart, it did the rest You got me now I don't know if that's what you want You locked me down Without even knowing my name I don't know if it's right or wrong Cause with you there is gone in a split second you took it away in a split second you took it away i've been looking for something different thanks to you i can see what i'm missing i've been running without a mission singing blues without any rhythm i've been needing different chemicals than the ones inside my head all it took was a look from you and my heart, it did the rest. You got me now, I don't know if that's what you wanted. You locked me down without even knowing my name. I don't know if it's right or wrong, cause you that one in the same. Now my heart is gone, in a split second you took it away. In a split second you took it away. Get this rug. I've been looking for a rug lately. Uh, Ollie's bargain outlet. Oh, I made that up. I have no idea. It's like a place to get a rug for cheap. They're <laughs> expensive. I didn't expect that. There's a great on Millwood. You know where Mom's music is? Yeah. Well, that's, right, that's where I live. Pretty much. Oh, so yeah. have you been to the antique mall? I have not. Oh uh, man, they got a whole bunch of rugs. There's okay. a bunch of like expensive Persian rugs and stuff, but there's a mm-hmm. ton that are, you know, 
pre-owned. Mm-hmm. But uh, actually, some of them might not be. But they got. I'm not scared of that. They got. They got. They got. They got a. Literally, like an entire level of them in one area. Yeah. It's, I live right over there too, which is cool. Oh, really? Yeah, we'll talk about that. Now or after? No, we'll wait. You, you, you don't want to we give addresses. Let's <laughs> <laughs> give some addresses out. Real quick. I have no furniture. Like I have, so oh, I, shit, I have really? a two bedroom and I have like no furniture. You so just moved like, in. Just bouncing. Yeah, I moved in a couple weeks ago. Oh, so okay. uh, we know a guy everywhere. that sells furniture for cheap. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can get your entire Jared house done for about one hundred and seven dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really, really. Okay. We'll, two hook, we'll hook you up. There's three bedrooms, like 112. Yeah. <laughs> and I need to make some panels, too. I'd like to record in there, but there's way too much sound yeah. bouncing around. So Especially with I'm gonna zero get furniture. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, my mind just went to, oh, man, I know a buddy who needs, who's looking for a place and didn't know if he needed a roommate or not, but I like thought about it. I was like, oh, no, he'd be a terrible roommate, so I'm not even going to Great guy. He'd be. A, he's an, he's he's an awful dude. roommate. I, I've experienced it. So. Is he a musician? Because that's a key thing. No, okay. no. He's a... Uh, even understand each other being loud? He's just often a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Great guy. But anyways. Yeah. Hey Amen. We all know those people. Yeah. Or are that person. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, before we read your, uh, all your, your creds and stuff, man, it's been kind of a crazy week in Louisville, mm. you know? I mean, uh, uh, guns, dude. I mean, I don't like talking politics or any of that stuff generally, but it hits, it hits close to home these days and, uh, yeah, I, it sucks. You know, you're playing this weekend at a pretty daggone big venue and, and, you know, when your friends start to play at stuff like that, like Mercury Ballroom, you I mean, when, at what point do you got to not, when, when, can you not worry? You know, so now it's just like, uh, you know, I got kids that practice uh, shooter drills instead of tornado drills like I did growing up. It's just, what a weird world we live in these days. Yeah, I hate to have social commentary. Yeah, I feel the same. I mean, in Thunder River, Louisville's coming up. Oh, I, I thought I had the same thoughts, and it's like, it's really tough. Derby. No. I mean, stuff, how do you... Right. I'm running in a half... It's like Kentucky. I'm running in a half week. marathon in like a month and a half. I'm like, even that, I'm like... Well, at least, you know? yeah, there's been issues with that stuff before. I mean, it's there's been issues with everything. It's just, I guess you live your life, but at the same point in time, when it was right, we've all been down there. We've played gig- We've all played gigs down there. We've yeah. all been on that street corner playing. Oh, live two and a half miles from there. Like, yeah, you're right down there too. Yeah. Everyone needs. Everyone needs to be careful and make their own decisions. I just feel like, for me personally, like the last thing I want to do is like live in fear. Yeah. You know what I mean. Uh-huh. Um, but again, it's it's a case by case basis. You really have to use your best judgment for like the situations you're putting yourself in. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I, it's not like I have any answers by any means. It's just one of those things. You go, what in yeah, the mental, world? Mental health issues, man. So uh, I, I'm, today's my off day, so I was at the house, and I was in the garage just, I don't know, tinkering like I always do, trying to get something running or whatever. And um, I was listening to Marvin Gaye's Greatest Hits, mm-hmm. and it was just, dude, talk about like a social commentary. It's almost very poignant to to the world today because it's talking about guns and it's talking about the way we treat each other and yeah yeah you know uh 
and it did remind me that music is such a healing and expressive thing. You know, we're we're all sinners. We we can and we can all write about it. And it it's a healing thing. And and we're all uh, able to really say things in a song that maybe you wouldn't do in other other forms or whatever. And I have no point whatsoever. But it's just man. It's a good outlet, man. It is. It is a great. very good outlet, emotional outlet, and yeah, to think about things and a healthy outlet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because well, and also just selfishly, it's one of those things where you can express your opinion and no one can talk back to you. It's like you get yeah. that song written, you put that out and say whatever. It's like here's how I feel. Like you can listen to it or not. But yeah, man, it's been heavy week. Heavy week. Yeah. Yeah, there, and the, yeah, the power of songwriting is a great outlet. You know, you all are right. And um, I don't know, man. I would just encourage anybody if if people are still listening to this thing and and uh, write, do something, go talk to somebody, do something to yeah. help. It's it's nuts uh, to to think that it can happen again so quick, and I'm sure it will. There's probably been three more since yesterday in other places that we don't know about, and it's just sad. So, I don't know. It's good that it's being talked about, though. Like, at least, at least um, you know, as, as far as, like, seeing what the difference has been, some silver lining, like, seeing what the difference has been as far as, like, awareness of mental health, because we, we were talking about this the other day. I, I didn't understand it for a long time until I started, like, actually going through it you know, a few years ago. And uh, I, I like seeing, you know, there's guys that are pro athletes. You know, I saw like the, the dot. Anyways, there's, it's, it's, it's being discussed way more. So I do feel like it is, you know, there's, there's still hope for, for that. But as far as like the gun things go, that's, that's a voting thing. You get out there and rock the vote, homie. Yeah. Mark, I drove through Kansas and I got to tell you what. Kansas sucks. It's the most boring drive ever, hey, too. Uh, oh, dude, dude. Just flat and ugly. I got stuck in Kansas hey, in the dude. middle of the night Kansas. coming back from Colorado on a bus when I went. Kansas is awful. <laughs> Kansas, dude. I, I, went, I, I, I was in that RV, and there was like 7,000 mile an hour crosswinds. I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to kill my family. <laughs> it was awful. I hate Kansas. I, will, I don't want to fly over Kansas. I want to fly around Kansas. <laughs> I hate Kansas. Can't believe somebody would name their state Arkansas. Arkan <laughs> Arkansas is stupid. And Kansas City knew that Kansas was so dumb that it went to Missouri. The good part went to Missouri. That's where the good Kansas City is. Because Kansas sucks. You just taught me so much about Kansas. Don't here. You want to learn the number one lesson about Kansas? Yeah. Don't go to Kansas. <laughs> Don't ever. If you go to 49 states... And the last one's Kansas. Just consider yourself, you've seen everything in this is it country. It's just like flat and boring. Is it's, that what you're saying? Because I've been to Oklahoma. It's flat. It's boring. It sucks. It's stuck in time. There's nothing to like look at. There's, oh, it's awful. They love, like, which this is all fine. I don't care about politics. Shout out to the Kansas listeners. But there's, <laughs> there are two things they Thanks love. And, and, Rural Kansas, which is all of Kansas, listeners, listen. <laughs> There's two things that they love along the I-70 corridor. It's pictures of Jesus and uh, semis with Trump painted on it. <laughs> Jesus on billboards? Jesus on billboards okay. and then Trump's uh, Trump 
uh, semis in fields. They're not moving. These are in fields painted. The paint job is pretty awesome. But the, the people yeah, go, people go hard when they when they're dedicated. Dude, yeah, it's Jesus and Trump. White Jesus, white Trump. That's that's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's crazy. It's. Uh, I mean, not crazy. The wind was crazy, and there were wildfires. Mm. Seemed like you know, there was ever a place to be on fire. <laughs> that must have been crazy driving through the night. Could you see him from? Yeah, yeah, I got video. Nice. I'll put him in right here. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Did you guys man. do that? I could actually. Yeah, do it, yeah, yeah, I could do that. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll do that'd it. Be, that'd be awesome. We're going. Whoa! This though. is crazy. It's me, and with, <laughs> oh, okay. and, and I yeah, actually so paid to do this. <laughs> Lose money. It's the best part about this thing. It's a, I it's, think you love it. You know, you know, it's, right. a, it's a joy. I do love it. All right, man. So uh, everybody that wants to find you, listeners, uh, followers, where can they find you? Where can they find your music? Where are you going to be playing? Got anything coming up? Tell us all about yourself and where to go. Yeah, so I'm trying to play as many gigs as I can. I think the best way to keep up is following me on Instagram. My right. Instagram is Ben Bernhard, B-E-R-N-H-A-R-D underscore at the end of it. And uh, yeah, just keep up with me on there. I'm working as hard as I can to get out some new music on YouTube and Spotify. But there's a link for all of that in my Instagram. So that's like the hub. So please just give me a follow on there and you'll be up to date. All right. You got one more for us? I do. All right. What is it going to be? Uh, this song is called Signal Flares. Signal flare. Yeah, and the last one was called Split Second, by the way. Split Second. All right. Sweet. Let's hear it. Night skies and signal flares. Well, I let the embers fall and met you there. Because I thought you felt the same. But that was just a game. Tell me now, if waiting for your love 
Thank you. Right on, man.